Please. You don't want to miss tonight's episode. We're going to be talking about the characteristics of men. That's right. The characteristics of men. So if you're thinking about dating, or if you already got a man, you better make him listen to this too. And take heed of what the Bible says of what all men should be doing, possess, practice, and pursue. Characteristic number one, perseverance. In James chapter one, verse 12, it reads, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those love him no matter how many times you've watched film read a bunch of literature and heard and know of stories from your friends and neighbors family there is something to be said about a man who perseveres you know, this word is very interesting, actually. If you break it down to two words, to per-severance, right? I'm sure you've heard severance pay before. And it's not a positive label, right? It means you're getting fired. But the word severance means to segregate yourself from a particular situation. So think about all of the challenges from all those stories that you've heard, that you've watched, that you've read. What makes those characters, those people that persevere so special? What have they learned? Well, just like it says in scripture, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Right? A man that has endured so much pain, so much challenge, so much conflict, and yet has overcome them, has surpassed them. He has figured out a way to meet the challenge, to surpass it. And notice the word per, right? So every severance, basically, per severance, every time you overcome a challenge every time you meet it and beat it there is an incredible characteristic that forms inside a man and this is part of what makes men leaders in relationships. Now, don't look at that as a negative thing. As you'll see in the next characteristics, leaders have to be generous. Okay? And I'll get to that characteristic now. But don't forget about this word perseverance. Okay? Super, super important. 
So, characteristic number two, generosity. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, it says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So this is not only in reference to financial giving, but also to one's heart, our attitude. Are we generous with the time that we spend with people? Are we generous emotionally, intellectually? What are we sharing with the people that we care about and are pursuing? It's not just the finances, right? But it's the emotional time, the emotional, the emotional investment. What is it that you're sharing and learning intellectually, right? It's the same idea. So when a leader is leading, is not going to, shall we say, be conflicting oriented. He's not going to, going to introduce more conflict to a situation because that's not what perseverance does, right? And so there's no logical reason for him to introduce more conflict to a relationship if he truly hasn't learned how to persevere. And if he wants to lead, then he will also give bountifully because he will reap bountifully, right? So generosity is a state of one's heart because he will be mindful of his actions and his conduct. Which brings us to our third characteristic, responsibility. In Romans chapter 14, 12, it says, So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So the reason why he's going to be generous is because he's going to have to give on himself, he's going to give himself an account to God, right? He's going to tell God, and he's going to show this is what I've done while I was here on earth. And of course, God already knows. But he is glorified even more when we confess it, right? When we tell him, when we talk to him. So a man has to be responsible because he knows that he will face his creator one day. And so if he's not generous, and he's been introducing conflict in a relationship constantly, then that's going to be a really, really difficult moment for him when he shares that with his creator. All right. Now there's other practices we can include in responsibility, but the point is, is that a man is not going to feel responsible until he learns to hold himself accountable, especially when he's in front of a supreme being like God. All right. So characteristic number four is humility. In Philippians 2, verse 3 through 4, it says, 
do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Humility is an incredible characteristic that a man should be practicing as well. Because now does he not only know, at this point at least in the list, that he's learned to persevere, that he's learned to be generous, and that he's learned to be responsible. But now he needs to learn how to control and channel all of those attributes so far for something that is going to be fruitful for others and not just for him. So he's going to be thinking of others, right? Isn't that a, a beautiful testament of someone's heart, their state of mind, their state of being, the way they are with the relationship that they have with God? They are humble. You know what's interesting is that all of you who are listening right now, I want you to picture yourself with someone that you admire greatly. And it doesn't matter who it is, but or what it is. But isn't it interesting that you will become more humble when you're around them? Why do you do it? Well, mostly because you're just trying to show respect and in many ways you feel less worthy in many respects not in a negative way but that's just your way of showing respect for them right in the same way we are going to be in front of God one day then yes absolutely we are going to be in a humble stance right We like to think of God as sort of our buddy, but as much as God shows his love to us every day, he is our father. And yes, of course, he's our friend, but he's more than that, right? He's this superior being that loves us, and therefore, I feel at least very humble knowing that I serve a God, that he continues to display his love for me. So therefore, yes, I will be humble in his presence. And we already feel that way here on earth with the people that we greatly admire, right? But here is actually the most important lesson of humility. You see, when a man goes through conflicts, when a man is enduring those seasons of challenge, and he's learning to be responsible, and he's also opening his heart to be a cheerful giver, to be generous, you see, a humble man will use humility to control his emotions so that he doesn't react, doesn't lash out doesn't do anything that is illogical and senseless as much as 
emotions are a beautiful attribute of human beings. It can most likely put us in worse scenarios, right? I don't know how you are the last time you had a verbal argument with your best friend or just an acquaintance. But reacting to their anger is not always a good thing. You're just prolonging the problem. And therefore, humility teaches us to be self-controlled. And this is absolutely a great, great characteristic of, for a man. You want a man that is humble because he will be stable internally and will offer you a ground for you to stand on and that you can last and endure, persevere through issues together. That is a great, great attribute. If a man isn't humble, ladies, that's a red flag. You better run away from that quick. Or at least pray that the Lord touches his heart. Which leads us to the next characteristic. Honesty. In Proverbs 12, verse 22, it says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Now, it's interesting that in this particular verse, there's a reference to the lips, right? There's another biblical verse that says, The truth is like a kiss on the lips. And isn't it interesting? What is it with, about our mouths that seem to be, well, a critical form of communication, right? I mean, we have other means of communicating to one another, right? Body language, symbolic gestures, all these other things that we do that communicates information without actually our mouths opening but I would say that as human beings yeah absolutely if you want to be honest you have to use your mouths to prove it right I mean even the act of talking is still an action right so you're still using body parts to inform the other of what you're saying right it's an action it's an activity anyway if a man is humble if a man is generous if a man is responsible and perseveres then they will have to be honest right remember a man doesn't want to introduce more conflict into a relationship. So he has to be honest. Because remember, he's going to have to be given, give an account of himself to God. 
right? That's responsibility, by the way. So, with that comes the very next characteristic of men. Good communication skills. Yes, I know there's a lot of us that seem to be very quiet and probably don't talk a lot. But believe me when I say that that doesn't mean that we don't have good communication skills. You know, the last time I was in love, I liked when my woman was in the same room as me. She didn't have to say anything. But as long as I know she's there, I felt like a million bucks. Right? <laughs> but of course, it's nicer when we do come across somebody that actually likes to talk, have conversations, and that's important, obviously. Which, by the way, in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You see, this goes hand in hand with honesty and humility. This is what I was saying earlier about men learning to control their emotions, not to be reactionary, learn to have a more quiet heart so that they can assess the situation in a lot in a much more clear view. Right? I'm sure many of us have experienced some challenges and we tend to react and you know just make worse decisions that way. Right? I'm sure you've heard from others say don't make an emotional decision. Reason being is because you need to think clearly. Right? Don't just make a decision based on emotions. Because emotions, when it's not controlled, can overwhelm your logic. Which is what I was saying earlier about why men need to learn to control their emotions. Because this is good communication skills doesn't necessarily mean that they have to talk a lot or they have to talk constantly. But they have to be slow to speak, slow to anger, so that they can listen more, right? Let every person be quick to hear. You know, I'm going to be sharing this detail again later when we look at the last few characteristics of men. But a good leader is one that listens. One that is constantly slow to speak and slow to anger. They don't make any decision that is irrational and reactionary. All right. The next characteristic is one of my favorites, which is forgiving Ephesians 4 chapter, 
chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. If you haven't listened to my previous podcast related to forgiveness, I encourage you to do so. So I don't want to repeat the same things I said in those episodes, but please understand that a man that doesn't forgive has not experienced the challenge and the transforming effect of what forgiveness does. I'm sorry, ladies, but you need to run from that guy. He is not ready. He's not ready to date you. He is not ready for any relationship. A man that learns to forgive will be gracious, will be happy, will be hopeful. And you know why? Because a man that learned to f- learns to forgive never keeps records of wrongs. Never keeps a record of wrongs. I was talking to a couple of people about this and some were saying, well, we can't be foolish and allow that person to be in our lives and commit those same problems that they've caused. Well, that, that, well, that may be true in terms of not allowing a person that has hurt you before to hurt you again. Therefore, you being a fool in that sense. But my only response to that is, what if Jesus did that to you? What if he said, okay, I forgive you. I sacrifice my body so that you can be pure hearted again and therefore you can we can stand in God's presence again I did that for you I forgave you but I will never forget what you did and therefore I won't allow you to commit those same problems you committed against me again Can you imagine if Jesus said that? He is not. That's not forgiveness. Right? And ultimately, that's not what God's Son would actually do. The Messiah would do. That's the problem here. You see, a man that has learned to forgive no longer worries about that. And it has nothing to do with foolishness. But it has everything to do with compassion. And yes, absolutely, there's discernment there. But once again, I insist. If Jesus told you, I forgive you, but I won't forget what you did. That's not love. And that person is not being honest, not being truthful, not being generous, and has not learned to persevere. 
and not being responsible. So, once again, ladies, you need to look for a man that is forgiving. Because your relationship will go through some really, your relationship will go through some really, really tough times. And season, and it's going to be seasons where you just want to metaphorically pull the plug. But a man that is stable, that is grounded, that has learned to forgive, will offer you peace and will offer you hope. That man will learn, will have learned to let go of the past and be able to assess the issues and both of you can grow together spiritually emotionally and intellectually that's the type of man you should be pursuing all right our final two characteristics here is wisdom proverbs 3 verse 13 says blessed is the one who finds wisdom blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding As I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk about the importance of a leader that listens. So Plato is considered by some scholars at least as a proto-Christian. And that just means that, you know, he was obviously, he existed, Plato existed before Christ was born, was before Christ was here on earth. And even though he wasn't a Christ follower, per se. Plato also stood for absolute truth, which is why he's labeled as a proto-Christian, because he, he saw absolute truth as essential to the, the existence of man, right? Like, like this is a critical part of any kingdom, a kingdom that doesn't pursue truth is a kingdom that is chaotic and will be obliterated one day and usually will be self-obliterating, right? Self-destructive. Anyway, one of my favorite dialogues from Plato is The Republic. And just to kind of give you a brief summary of what's it about is Plato gives us a blueprint of what an ideal culture, an ideal kingdom, an, an ideal society should be, right? Like the, the, the main components of an ideal society. Now, apart from all of the details that he shares, one of my favorite and probably the most important that he argues for is kings, right? Leaders. Now, Plato actually argued that the best, most suitable leader that every kingdom, especially in a republic, should have is leaders that pursue knowledge. That's their goal. They don't really care about power. 
even though they know they have power, but they rather pursue truth and knowledge for the sake of his people. And so he called these leaders philosopher kings, right? So if you aren't a philosopher king, then you should absolutely have a red flag against, well, against men that don't pursue truth and knowledge, right? Do you see where I'm going here? A wise man is one that constantly pursues truth and knowledge. And one of those ways of pursuing truth and knowledge is by listening, right? What are you learning from your people? What are they, what are they needing? What are they wanting? What are some ways that you can, um, what, who are some people that you can work with so that they can help take care of these issues from your people, right? That are, that are being brought about from your people. Anyways, the point is, is that scripture tells us specifically that uh, a wise man is one who finds wisdom, right? Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. So it's not just about pursuing truth and knowledge, but it's also actually understanding it. And how do you understand things? Is by putting it into practice. Okay? And then finally, our final characteristic, which is probably the most important and a way of summarizing all of these characteristics and putting it together is God-fearing. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, this is part of what I was referring to earlier about wisdom. You know, there's so many ideologies out there. There's so many quote-unquote idols that human beings follow and pursue. Sometimes it's objects, but most of the time it's people, right? We follow certain people because we admire them so much and we just want to be like them and be in the same presence as them, right? It's so funny, like, I, I, I just think that, like, atheists and agnostics that, you know, have trouble pursuing God or superior beings is that every single one of them still have the same sort of reaction to the things that they admire the most. And those are, and those people that say that they don't have an idol or they don't have some type of ideology that they don't follow is not telling the truth, right? Like even atheists actually have an ideology, right? There's actually a book that I read. Uh, it's called, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, it's a book that actually demonstrates why athe atheism is still a belief system. Ironically. Anyway, where am I getting at? We're all pursuing an ideology. We're all pursuing an, I an idol. So a man that you need to basically filter men based on what are what they pursuing. What's the idol that they're after? 
you see most men that are after sex, then their idol is going to be women. Right? Plural, by the way. And so that's why those are red flags. Men that are after materialism more than likely are going to be after money. Right? Don't get me wrong. I mean, you need to pursue a man that is providing and pursuing and and contributing and has a job, basically. But is that all they're interested in? Is that all they're worried about? Right? That's where we need to be careful of. That's where you need to be careful of. Uh, understanding and, and analyzing and depicting what is it that this man is pursuing. Okay, let me let me wrap this up by saying a man needs to pursue God and not just any God, but a God that is perfect, a God that is all-seeing, a God that has demonstrated grace and forgiveness, a God that loves. I challenge anyone that is not a believer that compare all of the ideologies that you are interested in, that you've heard of, and ask yourself this. Have any of those gods ever sacrificed something for you? God did this. God did that by sending his son into this world to pave a way so that we can be in the presence of perfection. But it's not just perfection as in like power but part of that equation of perfection is also love this is a God that I choose to pursue and because I choose to pursue and have been convicted of my sins and the things that I've done wrong the things that I am imperfect of the things that I'm deficient of then yes absolutely I'd rather dwell in the presence of an all-loving and all-powerful Heavenly Father All right, y'all. All right, so this was a long episode, but I just want to give you encourage, encouragement. These are some essential characteristics of men. Look for these characteristics in the man that you're pursuing. And those of you who already have a man and that do have some of these characteristics, Encourage them to pursue the rest of these characteristics. 
And I guarantee you, your relationship is going to glow even more. It's going to be incredible. Okay? All right, y'all. 